Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show that's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. There's a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. Michael Normanson's with me. Hello. So is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. This is Propaganda then, the new show that we do, finding out what's been said about Leeds, what you're saying about Leeds, and more importantly, what they are saying about Leeds, them lot over there. Um, We beat Sheffield United, so it feels like this should be fun, I think, today. We're not having to uh, scratch around trying to find something positive to say because we won and they're rubbish and they're going down and we're great. Although on the propaganda front, I mean, they, I think they've been resigned to relegation for so long you lose a bit of that beautiful edge of despair that you'll get. Oh, I mean, des- desperation, Michael, it comes in many forms and I'm prepared to embrace it however it sounds. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite, it is fun still. It's always fun when we when we beat a team, isn't it? And you, I don't ever like listening to other people celebrate a win, but it's um, they're a relatively reasonable bunch of the Sheffield United fans, but it's some fun to be had anyway. We'll catch up with the Sheffield United fans in the second half of this. First of all, uh, what have you been saying about Leeds? And more importantly, what should we have been saying uh, we sent our feedback form out to our TSB Plus subscribers via email in the wake of the match ball. They told us what we got right, what we got wrong, what we should be talking about, and this is what came back. First of all, whip ball, we out ball. Paul Heckingbottom's favourite phrase. We seem to have ruined everybody's hearing. It's it's become an earworm for a lot of people. Sorry. Yeah, Paul Eaton, this one made me laugh. He wants you to say it more because his wife thinks that he's a bit more mental walking around the house saying, whip ball, we out ball, and laughing to himself. Whip ball, we out ball. There was a bit of it from uh, from Eckenbottom. He was saying after the game, we're not going to shy away from taking ball. We're not going to get better at possession or get braver if you do that. We're still going to take ball. It made me think, he's just an under-23s manager, isn't he? I know that sounds very dismissive, just an under-23s manager. It's actually why... When he pitched up at Leeds, I thought he might be quite good. He's got a good track record with youngsters. Maybe he can turn Paddy O'Connor into Jonathan Woodgate and we'll get promoted that way. But listening to him when he's actually managing a proper football team and he's saying, we need to have ball so that when we've got ball, we get better at kicking it. That's basically what he keeps. And it's a Premier League club. And I know Marcelo Bielsa will have his training drills that are all very cleverly calibrated to improve players in ways that they don't even know about and get better range of passing, better ability from them and all this kind of stuff. But there's something about 
just picturing Paul Heckingbottom going into Old Trafford and having Paul Pogba there and say, well, what we need to do in games is get Pogba on ball because he's not going to improve if he don't get on ball. They know how to play football, Paul. The issue is not whether they put them on ball and then they'll get they'll get better. Although at they it. didn't look like they knew how to play football when he departed Ellen Road, did they? Let's be honest. No. Well, I, this is it. He just sits there and, and says that, doesn't he? We need to get better with ball and without ball. Is like, it, anything else? I'd forgotten what an intensely boring man he is. He doesn't say anything, does he? He tries to not have an opinion on pretty much everything. He'll say, well, you know, we did that well, but we need to get better at it. And we'll keep improving and we'll keep working. And there's no lack of effort from players and... We're a good team, all in all. I think we, we are good with ball and we out ball. And we, you know, we had some chances in the second half and set pieces. We we need to improve on set pieces because we've been good at set pieces in the past. And it's it's something we could have had opportunities with. And you and what what it is in defence, we're doing all right, but we we need to just start winning them second balls a bit more. Just drones on like that for fucking ages, and you're thinking anything. Anything it's, interesting? It's, it's all his press conferences at Leeds were longer than Bielsa's. I've been looking <laughs> back at them to get stuff recently. And the transcripts are so much longer. If you cut the translation out of Bielsa's, he's actually quite succinct. That's what extends them. Heckingbottom, maybe he does need somebody to translate him. It's like that generic management speak, but translated for football purposes, isn't it? Where you don't really say anything because they all know not to say anything. But what he does do, he he has that little bit of needle does Heckingbottom have you noticed this and you picked up on this Moscow I think in your match report and we were was it on the match? I can't remember if it was on the match ball or not but where he said that Sorry, Leeds made subs to live with them. We like were go, going to Anfield and saying that Liverpool brought on Diego Jota to live with Sheffield United or something like that. Shut up. Frustrating thing is when I felt we were getting on top in the second half, Leeds were making the subs to try and live with us. We were our own worst enemy um, in terms of not being able to build that pressure and momentum and put our foot on the throats. Um, Andrew and Keithley did pose the big question relating to this. Would you say Leeds were better with ball or we out ball on Saturday? Which do you think? With ball. We out ball. Well, without ball... <laughs> Uh, brings us to Bamford, who Craig pointed out that Michael was too harsh on him for not being on ball enough. And he's right, because Bamford, we out ball, were very, very good. And Craig pointed out... I wanted to be good we and we out ball. But he didn't have a lot of whip ball, did he? He didn't have enough whip ball. But Craig pointed out, and it's right when you go back on the second goal, we're so stunned by Tyler De Bruyne's pass to Jackie Harrison, and then he rolled it across for Yagelka, as Brynlaw calls him, to finish. It was um, Pat Bamford coming into his own half to get a, a pass from Luke Hayling, bringing Jagielka with him and laying it off that started it all. And he was doing a lot of that. I think we kind of mentioned it on the match ball that he was, there was a big crowd around Bamford and the game was more about how he can help Tyler Roberts and Rafinha and Harrison move into spaces around those three centre-backs than him being on the ball. But he did that very well and we got a goal for it. And I don't understand why Michael just consistently <laughs> slags him off everything he does. Oh, poor, old, uh, poor old Paddy Podcast will just throw his hands in the air and go and take that deal with Spotify if we're not nice. Fair, he, is, he is a professional podcaster. so uh, The next Joe Rogan, isn't yeah. he? Uh, we need to talk about Baldock's challenge because virtually everybody else was. Now, we didn't not talk about this on the match ball. We did. Ken Taylor was asking about it in a Schrodinger's uh, what, VAR? Uh, when is a game covered by VAR and not covered by VAR? It does beg the question as to exactly uh, what was going on with that. And it wasn't Kevin Friend who was on VAR. I was wrong with that. I misread it. It was that uh, Aussie chap. Jared. Yeah. Jared Gillett. Yeah, that's the boy. Inventor yeah. of Gary Monk's favourite item. Which uh, Heckingbottom had one on as well. I'm not alone in thinking Paul Heckingbottom is trying to transform himself into Gary Newman, am I? Other people are say- seeing this because I can't get he it looks, out of my he, mind. He does look like he, him. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's going that way. 
But um, it's funny how Heckenbottom was on about Sheffield United having feet on throats and he's convinced that Tyler Roberts' knee went through Bulldog's head when absolutely nothing of the kind happened. We've got the uh, we've got the audio for it, actually, from the press conference. I've clipped it out just so we can hear just how ridiculous Paul Heckingbottom's view of this incident was. Yeah, is that the one where he took a, he took a knee to his face, didn't he? Yeah, so, George yeah. took a whack to the face. What, yeah, did you, so, what did you think of the tackle itself? At the time, it looked, I, I don't know if... He, are you angling for me to say something else? I've not seen it, but as I said, it was... Um, from our point of view, well, almost stopped an attack, but the ricochet put someone in, so he was brave. But Tyler's uh, knee seemed to follow through and catch him in the face, and that's what what's led to his problems further on in the game. No reckless tackle, then you were happy with with the tackle itself on Tyler. Yeah, from where I was stood. I mean, more controversy about taking the knee. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't take the knee, did he? That's no. the thing. His, his head, his head bounced off the grass, didn't it? Was yeah. what, what actually did. So Hecky's Heck, this... not seen it. But he knows that he took a knee to the face. And this business, well, from where I was stood, and this business of it being a ricochet that then went through to Harrison, it's a brilliant pass by Tyler considering he's got Baldock coming at him two-footed like a train. This is what I mean about his needle, exactly what I mean about his needle. He can never just be magnanimous about it. It always has to be slightly biased to their point of view, which I get to an extent. But Are you angling for me to say something? I like it when he says that. Well, it's a press conference, so it would be, <laughs> yes, most of these questions have we you, are trying to get you to say something. Have you had the concept... Explain to you before of a press conference? I know. I think it's taken as a given that it should have been red card for Bulldog. The concussion thing, actually, although it's it sort of follows on from Tyler's legs being at risk, is annoying me because they've fucked it up so much. This is not how concussion substitutions are supposed to work. The idea is if your player has had a head injury and symptoms of concussion are slow to appear, you sit them down on the sidelines for 10 minutes until you're sure they're all right and you get the opportunity to send somebody else on the pitch to fill in for them while you make sure they're okay. That's the idea. Heckingbottom even said afterwards that the way they've done it is they've assessed him, they think he's all right, he's carried on. Five minutes later, he's obviously not all right because he's got blurred vision and then we did the concussion sub. No, the concussion sub is not a free substitution because a player has got a head injury it's the opportunity to bring on a player while you make sure that the player with the head injury is okay or not okay to continue. It was so difficult to bring in and has that business of, you know, if they use a concussion sub, we get a concussion sub. And that's why I think when the player went off in the second half because he got um, a hit in the face from Janny, he said that was not a concussion sub. We just took him straight off because they didn't want us to have a free substitution on the back of that. We could have had up to five subs if all this had gone on. Which would have used just to try and live with them. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, we didn't want to take that chance. So the second goalkeeper would probably have come on. But it's just, it's a complete reversal of a very serious rule that is brought in for players' safety. And they've done nothing there to protect Bordock's safety. They've let him run around the pitch until it's clear that he's not able to carry on. I just and that's to, what I, the I whole thing to, is supposed to avoid. I need to interject. What you're overlooking here, Moscow, is that you know they don't want him to sustain like brain damage. doesn't have a brain, does he? <laughs> That's quite clear from the way that he tackles. And speaking of tackles, we've heard about his challenge. What about his tackle? That's been flagged up. Uh, Rory M and Dan both, um, for whatever reason, saw... <laughs> flagged feel. up as in you could run a flag or pittance. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Rory M, am I a pervert? Leading question. Or was I correct in thinking that when Baldock went off the second time, he had what Larry David would refer to as a pants tent? Yep. And Dan Ogden spotting the, the same thing as well. You know, Baldock's bollocks and semi-erect penis getting a nomination. I don't know if he just had some pants that were thrusting everything forwards. Do you have thrusting pants? I mean... Or did the judge tell you to stop wearing them? 
It was. It was. A, I did notice it. I have to say, there was definitely like they were bundled. Is it the blood pumping around his body? Because if it's got, you know, there's a head injury there, and so the physique starts counteracting it. It's, the blood is pumping I mean, the, at a the, higher you look, rate. You look a little bit pale. It's because all <laughs> everything's rushing to different parts of the body. I mean, th- there was quite a lot of physical contact with Tyler. Maybe it's just a moment. Well, Dan did suggest that he assumes he gets excited at the thought of breaking another player's tibias. Maybe so. Now we missed the big talking point. I'm upset we didn't even cover this on the match ball at all. Bielsa's hat looking like Eminem in Eight Mile. Bless him. Bless him. Considering he's so into aesthetics on on the football pitch, the fact that he will quite happily dispense with it all, but maybe that's maybe that's just the mark of the genius. In his pursuit of beauty, his own appearance just doesn't matter. That's why he's he's purely functional. It's the same reason why is it Zuckerberg always wears his grey t-shirt and Jobs used to wear his black roll neck or whatever it was. If I wear the same thing every day, if I don't have to worry about that sort of thing, I can concentrate on selling expensive phone cables. His brother said something along those lines. He, he pointed out that he was a very handsome man in his youth, but he just kind of, he didn't have the, he didn't care about it. He preferred just dressing functionally. And that's what he, I mean, dressing for free as well, because it's all... I mean, I can sympathise with that. Yeah, I was going to say, given that we sell quite a lot of square ball comfort merch and we've had a lockdown for the best part of a year, I don't think I've been in anything that's not been elasticated around the waist for quite some time. I have actually bought, I'm waiting for it to be delivered, but um, I, I found on eBay a card from it's that brief period when he was in charge of Espanol for about a minute and it's a like a panini card of Bielsa in a suit that I've bought and I'm waiting for it to arrive because like that's, is, it, is it real or is it Photoshop like the one Sky sometimes use it's not an NFT either it is actually a real um, physical card that is going to be sent to me but I'm assuming because the rare time that he was seen in a suit was a testimonial game for somebody and the team he was managing I think it was Newell's uh, lost and perhaps that's the last time he's worn a, a suit on the touchline what about his bus coat we need to talk about that as well because yeah. um, he's he's looking trim there a bit service crew I like it well Richie pointed out he looks less <laughs> socialist avuncular avuncular uncle do you need do you need to say an avuncular uncle or is that intrinsic in being avuncular anyway isn't it that a railway an avuncular railway <laughs> that's the most, just um, goes up Scarborough, a steep hill yeah yeah um, more, he's more, a bit more blue passport brigade now with that. <laughs> Says he wants the smiley fella handing out sweets to children. Look back. I thought his hair looked good. Thought it looked smart. He does. He tends to. Um, I think it's part of his overall kind of functional aesthetics. He tends to get. He was looking quite tufty against Fulham. We all noticed it. And then he'll just go and get it cut very short, and then because it, it'll grow back again. But I do wonder at what point the hat came in. And if you are the person who between full time against Sheffield United and those interviews starting made fun of Bielsa's hair so that he felt he had to go and put a hat on. I hope you are ashamed of yourself. We have mentioned that there might be a barber within the squad bubble before, haven't we? Because Tyler Roberts and Calvin and a few of them have had have had nice hair. A lot hair. of them come out looking like box fresh with their hair, don't yeah. they? Every week. So I think we've had this conversation before, whether it be on air or off air. Like if I was a barber and they were each chucking me 20 quid to go in and do a fade twice a week, I'd do that. Yeah. We and missed you- an opportunity with Bielsa though. Cause if, Putting some cornrows in or something. It looked absolutely brilliant on him. Just go for something. Go for something completely wild for him. <laughs> yeah, thanks to Jason, David. Uh, it was Richie who mentioned the um, the crew cut. Dan and Ruby C asking, why is he trying to look like Benny from Crossroads? Another uh, millennial touch point there. The kids are going to be into that. Gen Z, you'll know exactly what we're on about there. And a final word in this bit then very quickly about centre-backs. Actual football chat. Do we have to? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think Liam Cooper was as bad as has sort of been suggested post-match. I think there's 
a bit of a offence taken that he he dared be put in the team ahead of Pascal Stroik. But Bielsa said he basically Cooper had been training was the best defender in training, so he gets to play. I mean, Nick flagged this one up and said thoughts on Cooper harsh on Stroik. Yeah, I think you know it can be harsh on Stroik, and it's fine to put Cooper back in because that's what having a squad entails, doesn't it? Yeah, I think. And I mean, Joe's suggesting that do we think we're, we're seeing the end of of his time at Leeds for Cooper, but. Thinks he thinks he's been the weakest of our four centre-backs this season, which I think is a bit unfair. I think Somebody pulled the statistics, didn't they, that showed that he was doing probably one of the best in the country or something after like interceptions or whatever. But Yeah, I think he's been very good this season. And Strike is, I mean, admittedly he's been not entirely playing at centre-back, has he? But he has made mistakes this year. And, and likewise, Cocky and Lorente have made mistakes as well. I think, I think Cooper carries a bit of League One Liam baggage around with him. So when he does do something wrong, everyone goes... Oh fucking hell! There goes Cooper doing his thing. Whereas when Stroke does something wrong, everyone goes, "Ah, but he's a he's a young lad. He's learning. He's going to be brilliant in a bit." Whereas, yeah, he does he does get a bit of harsh treatment. I think was Cooper. I think there may have been a bit of um, it looked bad because of the company he was in on Saturday. Because I can picture that big raking left footed diagonal pass that went out for a throw in, and then you've got Urense next to him doing all the Cruyff turns and spinning and Maradona turning up the pitch and setting up goals and all this kind of stuff. So it, that contrast doesn't always. Um, help him necessarily and then there is the Sheffield United goal where he left whoever it was on the the far side kind of um, escaped him but it's a weird one I've been very happy with all our defenders I think Cooper's been very good all season Stroik's been good Cock was good when he played and then Llorente now he's in the team looks exceptional but our defence is terrible (laughs) the expected goals against I think they were thrown out that were as bad as Sheffield United on that like we should have conceded it nobody's as as bad as Sheffield United and the numbers we have actually conceded are relatively terrible so it's a a funny one where we've got four excellent centre-backs to choose from but our our actual defence is a fucking mess I mean the left-sided centre-back it it is worth saying does play alongside Alioski as well Mm. or someone else who's there normally just temporarily so it is the harder position to play whereas on the right I guess you know you've got Luke Ayling who is a bit more predictable and <laughs> also good which Alioski we saw the value we saw the best of Alioski in the second half against Sheffield United when we were trying to live with him because he's, he spent most of the game outside their penalty area it was just him and um, Rafinha came over that side didn't he and they were just they were just hanging out there he didn't really have to go back and, and defend any times but um, a proper left back might bring more out of our brilliant centre-halves. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So that's what you were saying about Leeds United. What have Sheffield been saying about this game? This should be entertaining. Well, they were, they were fairly reasonable overall. There's um, an American Sheffield United podcast, which blows my mind a little bit. Red half of Sheffield. They've not yet done their post-game Leeds chat, but this this is a little clip from them them pre-game, and they were quite annoyed with us, which was which was nice. Beating these would be a, a nice little confidence boost as we go down. Can't stand Leeds. I mean, they're almost up there with Wednesday as far as most hated for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing yep. to do with their team. It has everything to do with their support. Yep, that's it. That's the, the biggest thing. Yeah, their supporter are a bunch of dickheads online, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. it leads supporters. If you're if you're listening to this, I mean, you're probably all right. If you're especially if you're listening to this, but I mean, you got to do something about the dickishness of the rest of your support, yeah. especially to opposing fans. I mean, you know, there's taking the piss, and then there's whatever y'all do. Why is he talking like a man who goes every week and encounters our fans every week? He is very precise to say it's online. I mean, if you think he's bad online, Christ, he should he should try going to an actual game. We're absolutely awful. If you remember. Um... <laughs> Dean Henderson's last appearance at uh, Ellen Road was not necessarily a, 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 a jolly old time, was it? No, or if, he looks, or if he looks across the city to Hillsborough where there was the whole Chris Kirkland incident with the Dave Jones songs and all that. I think the we, online stuff, actually, not that bad. We just don't like their goalkeepers, that's what it comes down to. But yeah, those guys are relatively new. I'd look back, their first episode was the 7th of September 2020, so they've not been, they weren't there in the League One years, were they? We'll be switching back to a Norwich podcast next season. One of them did say he's been 14 years a Sheffield United fan. So Poor sod. How you support Sheffield United in League One 14 years ago or whatever, I've no idea. But people we, do these things, don't they? I mean, we did it with Leeds. I know, but we were in the country. We could actually, we could actually go to games. I don't imagine there was a huge demand to watch, um, well, Phil Jagielka probably, playing for Sheffield United Jagielka. 14 years ago. Let's move on to the Tufty Club then. What did they say with their little tufts of hair? Did they say be careful crossing the road? I don't know what the Tufty Club is. It's the, it was a squirrel that taught you how to cross the road properly. Oh, okay. Well, it's a Sheffield United um, podcast now, which is a bit unusual. But they're, Is um, it still presented by the squirrel? <laughs> who knows? It's an audio format. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, if it's YouTube, you'll people will realise it's a big human-sized squirrel with a, a Billy Sharp t-shirt on. But this is their reaction to, uh, to our first goal, which I thought is quite, um, is quite fair. 
It started on the left-hand side with McBurney trying to kick their players twice, and he couldn't even be quick enough to... He, he tried to kick him once, missed, and then he tried again, like tried to swipe us when he missed him again. They broke away, and we got it back. I recovered it. Stevens just gave it him straight back, and then and then they knocked it down, and I think uh, Osborne lost his man, and then um, they just ran through, and then Bolot just decided just to... I'll oh, just let him walk past me. You know, they were saying on... Uh, on Amazon saying, well, he can't make a challenge. Well, he can do something other than just let him walk past him. And then when he crossed it in, it was like, far side should have been Bogle coming across. He just stood there. Oh, he, oh, you scored. It was just, and they were going, what a great goal. What a great goal. It was like a practice goal. Yeah. Like I mean, you said you said that text. The there's a lot to break down there and there's a lot to di- dissect <laughs> on that. And you can, I thought that, and I thought you're right. And I thought, no, actually, you can sum it up in one word. Cack. Amazon were quite kind to him because they were saying, yeah, you can't make a challenge there. It's like, well, that, people do, don't they? People mm. do try to stop attackers. And, and equally, when, Cooper, not. <laughs> when Jagielka booted it into the net and they were like, well, he had to do that really, didn't he? It's like, well, no, he could have kicked it with a different bit of his foot and it might not have gone straight into the goal. But... That was my argument on Urente because he jumped over their cross, didn't he? That mm. When, um, what's his face, Burke put it in at the back post and I, I did want him to just kind of even if you're going to score the own goal, try just put a foot on it. And, but I think he didn't realise anybody was behind him. What about the Baldock challenge then? Let's let's hear from them on that. Baldock just absolutely sighed that man down. That, that looked like a red card to yeah. me. Am I being harsh? I, well, well, I think I think the bit of the I didn't Horrible catch the half time, and I think pundits were saying that it's it, it's a card. It's certainly. One or the other, um, and he didn't, he didn't get out, did he? he didn't give anything. No. He just because he were injured, he like thought, oh, not, not but he like went in like two footed off the ground, caught the guy on the shit. Well, he caught him that eye that he then clouted him on the head. So I think he went down. They've been listening to Hecky too much, haven't they? With that knee to the head, there was no knee to the head. I think it was hard to work out what had happened at first, admittedly, because there was no obvious re- reason why he'd got a head injury but yeah when you when you watched it back from a certain angle you could see it bashing but they were I mean they were decent enough to say yes that looked like a, a dreadful tackle which pretty much got overlooked didn't it and, and Baldock we, I can't remember if we mentioned it's on the match ball but he got away with one on Janssen at Ellen Road as well when we were back in the championship days and he seems to be unbuckable against Leeds for some reason sick of this theme though bloody Bielsa burnout I suppose we've not really touched on how how bad we were in terms of how far in front <laughs> Because we've not, have we? we sort of skimmed yeah. over it, but they were just well. I think McCoy said it, didn't he? He was like, "Oh, Leeds is tempo. It's such a high tempo." And that's I don't know what language he's speaking, but um, he, he's right. They were so at it and like really fast. We didn't even have a tempo, yeah. like zero zero beats per minute. Dead drummer, just like <laughs> absolute, just nothing. It was so they slow. Were, they were they were fitter. They were they were faster, more skilled. They, and they just knew, they knew as soon as we lost it, all they had to do was just run a, a little bit and they'd get past us. And you'd, it was pathetic because there were a few moments because they, they had loads of chances on breaks. Some of their best chances came from our giveaways. And they say, we'll, we'll come on set plays. I'm saving that up. But they, they, and all of a sudden, it'd go from like 5v5 because they all ran quicker than us. All of a sudden, it was like 5v2 because our players couldn't run as quick as them. Yeah. It, it was like, uh, one of the, like, say, one of those uh, computer games back in the day, you know, where you're wiggling your joystick <laughs> and you can't get your joystick going. And the person next to you has obviously got a, a cheat. Was it a cheater that was particularly yeah, good? Yeah, yeah. All, 
Or just a, a better wrist, maybe. <laughs> a better wrist. Well, <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah, a stronger wrist. And and they, and they were away. They were offering like, why, why aren't our players keeping up? With, why can't they run as fast as theirs? It wasn't even about. Obviously, they were more skillful than ours, but just basic running and fitness. Worrying. Needed a zip stick. That would be. Uh, that's what you're after. A zip stick. If you really want to play the um, the stick waggling games, what they're hitting on there makes Paul Heckingbottom's insistence that oh, we, we were getting on top in the second half, they were making subs to live with us, even more ridiculous because they've noticed what I saw when I watched it back. In the second half, after we'd scored, we didn't even press them. We stood with most of our team in their pitch and while they tried to pass around trying to get out, just waited until they passed the ball to us and then we attacked. There was hardly putting a tackle in, barely putting any pressure on, on them compared to what we normally do, just knowing if we just hang around here, they're not, they didn't cross halfway for about 10 minutes because they just kept trying to play out and just giving us the ball. And then when they did get over halfway, they started getting those corners and, and free kicks, which they're then talking about that were also terrible, that also wound Hecking bottom. I loved Hecky as well. I was like, yeah, we were, we were uh, working on them in, in training delivery. We're, we're great in training. Poor today. Poor. <laughs> Except, I mean, those fans were... Fair to admit, they were crap whip ball and we out ball. Whip ball, we out ball. And as well, the thing that Heckingbottom, come back to Heckingbottom somehow, him, when he was at Leeds, was full of this and then listened to him again. It's almost, what are you going to do about this? Well, we worked on the set pieces in training. It were great, right? And <laughs> so it was terrible in the match. So what happened? Well, we'll have to work on that in training. Fucking useless. <laughs> but if we are going to burn out though, we're going to have to do it quickly because there's only eight games left now. And we're absolutely blitzing teams, aren't we? Even though the work they're doing, training, and that we're really at it today. We, you, I can't complain about the effort of the players. Fans who are watching it are going, "What the fuck? How how are they managing to be faster than us?" Absolutely everywhere. But I didn't realise, you know, how old Yagelka is. He's about thirty-eight, isn't He's he? Thirty-eight something? years old, and I mean, we have questions about how long Liam Cooper's going to last. And the poor bloke's only twenty-nine. He'll be thirty at the start of next season. You've got eight years his senior. Mind you, Michael's younger than Yagelka. Look at the state of him. <laughs> but it's funny looking at those teams. Cahill as well. What was he? 36, 37. And um, Harry Maguire plays as if he is. <laughs> We've got a relatively... Uh, Pascal Stroik can be patient, can't he? While Liam Cooper plays out the, the last eight seasons he's got left. Let's move on to the Sheffield United way then. This is a YouTube channel. They were dead pleased, weren't they? Just to have got a goal. Well done, lads. Is this from Sylvanian families, this one? Fleck on that left-hand side. Can he get a shot away instead? Because it would have been on his right. Oh, this is good football. Go Chance for McBurney. Takes a poor touch, but gets a shot. It's in. Oh, it's oh, off no. the line. Referee He's says it's a goal, surely. It. Is, it, is it in? Is it in? I thought that could have been a yeah, goal. Three pointed to his watch. It's in. Yes, it's, it's in. in. It's in. It's goal. It's got a goal. Bobby in the background. We've scored a goal. That's wholesome, isn't it? Bless him. Wasn't it their only their second goal away from home all season? Something <laughs> was it really? like that. I can understand the uh, the happiness. Well, I mean, I think they scored two at Old Trafford, but yeah, probably something like that. Okay, there have been very, very few. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, but you know what follows? Joy, as Bielsa always tells us, abject misery. Uh, ball five forward over the top. No one there. Oh, that. Oh, there is. It's Harrison on that side. Great ball across. It's own goal. Oh my god. It's an own goal on 49. I am doubly annoyed that that has gone in because I said there was no one there. Oh, well, that's a horror show. I think that. Yeah. Because I had Bogle a re- just looks round like 
no, that ball's going nowhere. Exactly. And that's the reason why you said that. I completely know why you did, but it's harsh that, that Jags had to put it in his own net. Well, as Adam, Statman Adam said, Ooh. Jags would score the winner. Oh, did he, did he say that? He unfortunately did because he gave me a stat, which I can't remember, 7,000 and something amount of days since Jags scored that winner against Leeds for the Blades, but it looks like he's... Oh, he's gone the other way. I mean, it's a Tom Lees special. Blame Tom Lees. But even Sheffield United fans are blaming Tom Lees. The bit where he goes, oh, he didn't, did he? That poor Statman's prediction. Oh, no. If ever you need reminding of what a good lot we've got at the minute, because it's lovely, isn't it, being a Leeds fan? There's no pressure at the minute. We're beating teams. We're mid-table in the Premier League. If ever you need a little bit of context, it's always great just to listen to somebody else's despair, isn't it? Can we just look at this comment from uh, Michael Lewis who says, I would rather watch my own mother fall down a flight of concrete steps than Lundstrom in the midfield. Uh, Nick, would you rather watch Michael Lewis's mother uh, fall down a flight of concrete steps? Uh, I don't think so. There she goes. (laughs) Hope she's all right. Well, that wraps up propaganda. Um, Another joyful week. Presumably we'll have three more joyful propagandas from the next three games that we've got. Could be a bit tougher, but we'll see. We, we hopefully can anger someone at least. They were a good laugh, those, uh, that City crew in their fucking 3D 80s bar. <laughs> the computer generated. We'll see what they're up to. Right, watch out for the main show that will be following this one on the feed very, very soon. We'll speak to you in a bit. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.